You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy, Farhan Hassan, and Sean McGuire. Well, gather around, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hello. Sean, I don't know if you saw over the weekend, there was a play that I I loved and I hated at the same time. I have Alan Lazard on my team. You do. And uh, he caught a really nice touchdown on Sunday night. There's another play, though, where he caught this long pass from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> he had like 10 to 15. Are you, are you talking about the flag football yeah, reception? Yeah, he, he had like 10 to 15 yards of separation between him and the DB. Mm. And just like, it was like he was cramping up on the way in or something. He got tackled. He had like 10 yards to go to the end zone. And somehow he this defender closed and well, tackled him before he scored. He, but he almost completely wiped out before he caught the ball. That was the... The thing that was most amazing to me about it is he basically tripped, was about to do a full-on, you know, spread eagle wipeout, and he somehow kept it together and caught the ball. I think that that actually I found to be the most amazing part of that. So I shouldn't make too much fun of him then? No, I wouldn't. I mean, you can still – it it still reminded me of the, the stories of like that um, – that, uh, that, what can we can we use the copyrighted term Kennedy to cop? Sure. Uh, play where we did, we did we lose one because like somebody... well, I, I should explain the Kennedito is a Thanksgiving morning uh, touch football game that my family plays against another family. Yes, yes. So there's and been a, it, there's been a, a. It's not just your family. I mean, no, there's friends that get invited, and there's there's probably been I don't know scores of people that have played in this game over the years. But for a while, I was a, a regular attendee until I got too old and broken down. But at some point in time, there was like it wasn't like a game winning potential touchdown or the guy catches the ball and it's just too <laughs> tired and old to go like the 10 feet to get into the end, well, end he, zone he was tired but i think he was in his early 20s at the time that took place <laughs> but uh yeah i think he literally just stopped running at one point is he a distant relative is he a relative of yours right now officially is he the, the... i think I want to say he was like a boyfriend of my niece or something at the time. So anyway, we've got a really good show for you today. We're going to be talking about bidding strategies. So we've got these guys that are flashing all over the league right now, and you might want to get them on your roster. But how much do you bid on them and how should you think about picking these or think about these guys when you're considering picking them up so we're going to be talking about that and we also have another segment at the end of the show we call it fish or cut bait Uh, we'll talk about guys that we went into the season counting on to to be big scorers for us and they're they've let us down so far so the question is do we want to keep them or do we want to move on do we want to trade Uh, so fish or cut bait and some of them the cutting bait is literally cutting cutting them you might need to just say goodbye to the player but we'll 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 uh there'll be a few of those but most of them cutting might just mean you know making a trade if somebody else is still high on that player or just just realizing like in your stop heart putting, stop putting them in your lineup <laughs> or in your heart you might just this is now the time to start separating them right. should, I, should i be cutting bait on dk metcalf after he uh failed to get in the end zone uh what do you think <laughs> I don't know. Did you cut uh, Deshaun Jackson? No, because I had I had the same thing happen to me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but then I at least had Brian Westbrook, so I got the touchdown anyway. Okay. This was just a loss. This six points. Lose, and, lose. And I, I, it did not make the difference between whether I won or lost this week, but it was uh, very close. That's good. But otherwise, he might be off your team. Otherwise, <laughs> I might have to, you know, send him an angry tweet. Just kidding. I'd never do that. <laughs> All right. In news, uh, this just broke this morning. Uh, the Titans had eight people on their team test positive for COVID. It was three players, five uh, other personnel, other staffers that tested positive. Did, uh, did they all go to the same strip club in downtown? Was it was the game in Minneapolis? It was, wasn't it? It was in Minneapolis. 
I don't, I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not, but, um, both of those facilities are now shut down. Uh, so players and, and staff are not on site at the team facilities. Um, it's likely the Steelers Titans game is going to be postponed so far. Yeah, that'll be really interesting because we've, we've talked about all these different possibilities and whatnot. Uh, hopefully you made plans in your rules to, for this situation because, we're gonna. This is the beginning of it, Tim. You you predicted that there would be some games postponed. I tended to think that they were just gonna <laughs> keep on playing. But um, now that we're in it, things, yeah. Now that we're, I wouldn't say breeze, but now that we're um, in it, like you know, things feel a little bit more real. So so we'll see how they um, how they handle that. I, I don't know. Yeah. But, so so far, the Vikings do not have any cases. So I'm crossing my fingers for that. That uh, maybe that game will will happen this weekend, but it's possible we You're have You're crossing two games. your fingers so you can watch us, uh, watch us, watch the Vikings get schlacked once more. <laughs> well, who, 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 who's going to, we got Houston, right? Is it, I, yeah. I should know. Yeah, we got Houston. Okay. And we've got no chance of winning that game, so. <laughs> uh, so, uh, oh, that was this morning's news? Right? Yeah. Th- this afternoon there was news. Okay. Uh, yeah, we have, um, uh, we have a record uh, for playoff, uh, uh, futility, and you're thinking, play. How, how do you have playoff futility? Yeah, you, what are you talking about? Are you talking about? about the Vikings, or is this like the being 0 and 4 in Super Bowl? Doesn't sound like news. Yeah, is it being 0 and 5 in the last uh, f- in their last five NFC Championship games? And you think, well, that's 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 a pretty bad record. But about the Bills, they went 0 for 4 consecutively, consecutive seasons. Nope, it's the you, Twins. Wait, wait, they went 0 for 4. In four oh, super, consecutive Super Bowls. Super Bowls gotcha. Right? Okay. Yeah. No, it's the Twins uh, who have now gone 0-17 in their last uh, five uh, playoff appearances. So they haven't even won a game. This is baseball, by the way, where they, you know, it's hard to not win at least a third of your games. So um, that's, that, that's bad. That is, uh, and it's not even, they can't even blame it on the Yankees. It's been the Yankees every other year. This is uh, playing Houston, same result. It's my my older son, I think, uh, was like th- literally throwing things in the house earlier today. It might explain why you texted me earlier today. Are you watching the game? You asked. <laughs> I did. And I, my response was, it's Tuesday. There is no game. <laughs> yeah, you asked me if I was talking about the presidential debate, right? Yeah, right. We're, re- we're recording this on Tuesday. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I had no idea that my hometown baseball team had won the division and was playing in a, a playoff baseball game. But You're in your own bubble. Yeah. The football bubble. <laughs> the football bubble, exactly. Um, I also read today, Sean, that Denver has 24 players on their injured list right now. And I asked the question, is it more or less than San Francisco? And I had to admit I didn't know the answer, but I just found it I amazing that 24 players for Denver are on the injured list. That, are that, they tanking for Trevor? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, given what we've seen from Drew Locke, right? Oh, right. <laughs> well, now they're under the third quarterback, well, that's, I think. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what else we got? We got, uh, oh, some injuries. Uh, I, I, I don't, I'm going to presume that maybe you've consulted with Dr. Westgard here, but tell me, <laughs> tell me all about compartment leg syndrome, I Tim. Know. I don't know. Michael Pittman Jr. had surgery to repair compartment leg syndrome in his calf. Here's what I think happened, Sean. <laughs> the coach is up in the press conference and they're asking what happened and the coach really doesn't know. So he does one of those like, oh, uh, he has, um, compartment, um, I, I think, yeah. leg syndrome it's i think like, it's a mad libs yeah right he's just like making he's putting random words name a together. noun name a body part right so we don't know <laughs> name, what that name is a medical term there you go apparently it's only going to keep him out through week seven though he's supposed to be back week eight so will, will we notice when he comes back mm. oh that's a little harsh mm, that is harsh but we are going to ask uh dr westgard about that when we get the chance what else are we going to ask dr westgard about <sighs> oh yeah what was that other what was that other injury? I can't think. Of, I can't remember. Oh God! I'll bring it up later. Yeah, well, we, was, it'll come to you like a lightning oh, bolt. Oh, I remember. There Cam Cam Akers has oh. separated cartilage. <laughs> and 
<laughs> so I, I I said that's you just really want your cartilage like reunited. Yeah, like, how, it's that's <laughs> that's not something like separated at birth. On the list of like injuries again that that I don't ever want to experience, I think separated rib cartilage is it's towards the top. Yeah, they're all after that episode. I felt like they're all things that I don't want to experience. That's probably true. And uh, one last nugget. Did you did you have something, Sean? It's a, the Hakeem Butler news report. Yeah. What? Yeah, he's... Well, last I heard, as we, as we last left the saga of Hakeem Butler, he had uh, uh, gone from many people's, you know, top three rookie draft pick lists, yeah. which was crazy, to getting becoming a fourth-round pick, to almost getting cut his rookie year, which I think I mentioned last time, he, they almost cut him except for they could put him on IR, to then cutting him this year. And you somehow unloaded him, by the way. Good job. Thank you. And then he went unsigned. They didn't even put him on their practice squad. He got claimed in Carolina. For some reason, the Jets, I, I think that was my th- whole thing. How, how did the Jets, if you can't even get signed to like the Jets practice squad as a receiver, like there's a problem. Two, now there's new news. Yeah, the Eagles have signed Hakeem Butler as a tight end. Oh my gosh, is he on their active roster? Do we know? Yes. Uh, I mean, from the news report I saw, I feel like the deal is like you can sign anybody off of anybody's um, practice squad if you offer them an active roster spot, which is kind of an interesting rule that I thought we could actually do in our league. But you'd have to be more... There'd have to be a lot more complicated things. Now I feel like I've said this. If Ed listens to this, Ed's going to make a proposal next year because he <laughs> wants things to be so real. But um, yeah. So anyway, so there's your Hakeem Butler. So maybe he will uh, pan out as a third tight end. Um, behind, or maybe he just is just going to light it up and people are going to forget the name Dallas Goddard. I don't think so. Well, it's kind of a nice segue into our how do you bid for guys? So, like, if, how do you how do you get the King Butler on your yeah, team? Yeah, like if you we'll get we'll get more into this, but uh, you know, if you you want to pick up a guy, you you have to make all sorts of evaluations as to where's your team at. Does this player right. any good? I came up with a whole the whole a whole thing. Exactly. For- should we talk? Should we get into it already? Yeah, let's do it. That, right. I, I hopefully I've set up the 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 idea well enough, Sean. It's clear in my head, but that's not always the case in what comes out of my mouth. Yeah, I think it's just the question is is like every every week from from most leagues, you're going to have some kind of free agency where you can acquire players, and and how do you do it in a salary cap league? There, I, I, there are a lot of people who listen to this podcast who I think are new to this concept, and I know I had the advantage of way back in the mid '90s having done something similar to this before uh, I started our league and you joined and I know it took a little while for you to kind of get the hang of this. It did. Um, It was so different from any fantasy uh, game I had played before. So, so there are uh, definite strategies that to, to employ. So you don't end up being that team that is always struggling, right? There's always, we're not going to name the names, but there's always certain people that are always struggling. And it's, I I think a big part of that is the failure to, to apply uh, common sense strategies and how to manage free agent bidding. All right. So, well, where, where do we start here in the, in the common sense strategies? So the first thing I've said you got to do is you got to figure out if you're building, and I don't like the phrase rebuilding because rebuilding implies that you've just given up. But are you building or are you contending? Um, it, there are some teams that you just know. Like you're looking at your team and you know, okay, look, I'm not trying to win anything right now. My team is all rookies, you know. Uh, and then there's some teams that are going to be just loaded with talent and um, are, are going to clearly know that they're contending. And there's different rules. I, I As I say, rules aren't maybe not the right, different strategies to employ in each of these situations. But the trickiest part is to figure out what you are. Right. So, and well, I'll let, I'll let you go on a little bit. I have a question, but okay. So, so I will say for me, nobody is in the middle. You're either in one group or you're in another group. And if you think you're in the middle, if you think you're somewhere in between that, I think you just have to reassess. You have to keep on looking at your team with a, um, with an honest eye and, and the way I, so common mistakes I would say are, are you, uh, just contending for you 
requires something unusual to happen. So if you if you are relying on an unexpected thing to happen or an optimistic, an unusually optimistic thing to happen, then you are probably not contending. That would be the first thing that I would say. And examples I gave, if you are relying on any 2020 rookie panning out, like maybe with maybe with the exception of Robinson, maybe with the exception of Robinson, because I think his situation is pretty clear. You're, but, you're talking James Robinson from Jacksonville. Right, And right. you're not putting Edward Zelaya in that group. No, I'm not, because, um, because I, I do think that offense can – go in a couple different directions. Um, I think it, it's, this is not a shot at Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who I had rated as my, like, my number two rookie, and I've seen no reason to not have him still rated in that top tier. Um, but the, 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 if you're relying on that, I think you're going to get some inconsistent production simply because there are other running backs that do get used on that team, and there's an awful lot of, of passing game that gets used. So if if you if a better example for me is Jonathan Taylor who on paper kind of looks like he's doing well but it's 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 masking some problems and I don't want to spend we, we I've already talked about Jonathan Taylor I don't need to, to do that again but there are real questions about what his actual skill level is and I don't mean his physical talents I just mean like his ability to play running back in the NFL effectively and um and if you're if he's a, if he's your number one running back on your team and you were really high in him that's great and i'm not saying he can't ultimately pan out as a prospect at all i'm just saying maybe you're not a contender if you're relying on that so you yeah that's that's a red flag if you are relying on rookies to carry your team right and you if might not be a contender any any of these wide receivers this week sure. Brandon, Brandon Ayuk looks great right right last week it was CD lamb I mean uh, Justin Jefferson was had a fabulous oh, week. oh he looks so good yeah but we're not gonna have you're not gonna have any consistency so if you're relying on that any of these guys being you know really good for your team and then you you might not be a contender. So this let me ask my question. I don't know if my question actually fits here or not, but we'll make it fit. Let's let's say I look at my team uh, and I do think it looks pretty good. I I've got some depth. I've got some good players across my roster. Is it important to look at the other teams in your league as well? So you and I have a different take on this, I think, because I think for you, you've said that you really like to look at what the other teams do. I do. I, I might look at my team and really like it, and then I look at you know team C and D and right. think, ooh, I yeah. still have work to Can do. Can I really compete with McGuire? Right. It's tough. Well, <laughs> <laughs> or Farhan. We could put Farhan in there. He's always good. Or um, Eddie. Eddie's leading Eddie, our league Eddie, right now. Yeah, Eddie is unstoppable. So, yeah. so the thing is... Uh, the reason why I don't is I think your team has to be, from my point of view, if you're a top six scoring team, you can get lucky in the playoffs. I've gotten lucky in the playoffs, not very often, but I have. Uh, and I know lots of other teams have won championships and whatnot who, um, you know, you would not have thought that this was one of the top teams. So I just think it's fantasy football. There's a certain amount of luck involved. So I cast, when I say, are you contender, I cast my net wide. I kind of step walk into every year presuming I'm a contender unless I'm proven otherwise. Injuries, suspensions, things like that. If you went a few years ago, like I was all set ready to go, and then like, you know, Josh Gordon and Zeke get suspended, and somebody, then all of a sudden you're looking at your roster, and you're like, okay, I can't compete. Well, then you're going to change your script. Now you're no longer a contender, but you've, you, you, now you're building for next year. And, um, that can happen at any point in time. Any, any other red flags for me? If you, if you are, if your team is so thin that you are basically going to be a contender, as long as you have zero injuries, that's, that's a red flag. That's a, that to me is a red flag. Again, one of these other things that I'm going to bring up later is if you're just one player away from your problem being solved, then, then I still think you're a contender. If you, cause you can fix your bench with a, with a nice pickup or a, a little trade here or there. So you, there's no reason to throw in the towel prematurely, 
but I just think you need to be fair with yourself about about where your own team is. Because you're somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's so, going to get hurt, so if, and, and if they don't, great. But I don't think you should presume that's going to happen because right. this is the NFL. So in the other, th- so there's the first, the, there's the category of like, does contending require something unusual? And then there's the other one, which is this is just kind of the wishful thinking. This is what everybody, everybody does. This every, I don't care if you've been playing fantasy football thirty years, you do this, and it's you are planning on something that you want to be true, right? But there's no evidence for that right now. So, for example, if you were relying on Drew Brees and you're like, oh, when Michael Thomas comes back, we're going to have Drew Brees of old. Okay, that's something you want to have happen. And you have a th- theoretical, like, you're not crazy, you're not insane. It is a thing that can, could happen. But... But unless Kamara goes off this week, Brees has a third really disappointing Right, and game. it goes off, meaning he catches, like, a, 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 a lateral, essentially, and then just houses, houses it. it. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, I think that's exactly, like... No, that's not to say Drew Brees is washed. I'm just saying... That's a thing that you're expecting to change, and um, you know you, you don't. It's something you want to have happen. Do you have? Is is your hope more concrete than just a hope? Um, another example: If you like, I've talked about Gronk. He's so far been pretty bad this year. If you think, okay, well, you know, Sean said that you know as the season goes on, they're going to throw more to him. Okay, that might happen. I hope it happens, but that's something you want to have happen, or do you have any actual evidence supporting that? Or suddenly Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is having a terrible year, right? Is it, what's the magic thing that's going to happen to to change his fortune? Uh, Alshon coming back. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe Rager. Or, or maybe. Yeah, all like, these things. These things could happen, but if you're relying on that, right. if, if, if that's the thing that, you're, that you need, to, like those are things that like, if they happen, they make your team better, great. If that's a thing that has to happen in order for you to be a contender, then you should be concerned. And that's that's really the hardest one. You said that at the beginning is like everybody likes their team more than they should. Yes. Especially in the off season. Absolutely. So yeah, that's that's a hard one. I'm I'm glad we're getting you know some specific ideas for like what what are some things I really should be asking myself and looking at. Yeah, that, that's hard. It's it's really hard, and it's just you have to look at how your team is doing and figure out if they're not performing, why not? And it's also important to look at overperformers on your team too like oh is this a sustainable pace i can't think of off the top of my head right now that's something that i don't think is sustainable but like you know let's say you picked up james robinson and 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 you are relying on him and you might be thinking is it sustainable sure i think i I think it is i have an example russell wilson right now is throwing i think his (laughs) touchdown rate is 14 percent or something like that he's on pace for 74 Four and a half touchdowns. So that's not sustainable, right? So if you are if you are barely contending, and the reason why you're contending is because Russell Wilson is throwing five touchdowns a game, that you should factor in that there's going to be a, a, a reversion. Reversion is that a word uh, 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 to mean regression? Regression, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, it's going to happen, or or he's going to be the greatest quarterback ever. And that's if you're banking on. Russell Wilson being the greatest quarterback in the history of football, then that is a low percentage bet. Right. Um, so that's that's what I'd say is like there are some unsustainable numbers. Now, if you're relying on him being a very good quarterback and continuing to be a high-end quarterback one, I think that's a good bet. Right. I just don't think if, if – if, so if you are like your number one scoring team in your league and the reason why you're number one and not number three is because Russell Wilson, well, fine, don't worry about that. Right. But if you're like number seven or six, and the only reason you're you're in the conversation is because of this one guy, then that's a problem. Right. All right. So let's say we assess our team correctly. Mm. Let's let's hope that actually happens. <laughs> um, where do we go from there? What what if we're rebuilding? Or sorry, what if we're building? Building. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so some of these things are real basic. For me, the number one rule is you always have a full roster, and that doesn't require anything other than a, a minimum amount of labor. If you if, if you put a guy on IR and you're putting in a bid for a guy, don't just put in a bid for the guy you want. Put in 20 bids for with various backups because 
you never know. You might lose out on, on all these guys and you want, you just have to have a full roster because that guy that was your, your backup to your backup to your backup bid for example, for me a couple of weeks ago, I put in a bid, like my fourth bid was miles Gaskin. Well, I'm pretty happy about that. You've now. got a starting running back. Now. I have a starting running back now as a backup, which would replace my Marlon Mack and Le'Veon Bell and whoever else I had to, on my bench that I had to, uh, I had lost, but, um, but that was, he wasn't my number one or my number two or even my number three, maybe not even my number four guy. Um, but you have to have full rosters because you never know that one guy might be, might hit, uh, hit for you. And so that's a real good rule. Um, also, if you're rebuilding or building, um, don't bid at all on any short-term assets. And we'll talk a little bit about what assets are later on, but basically only bid on long-term assets because if you're, if you're not contending this year, putting in your, you know, your expensive bid for the, the, um, the Davis, the Mike Davis, or the yeah, backup Mike to, Davis, to yep. CMC, he, he might have a great year this year, but he, that's going to go nowhere. You put in an expensive bid on this guy, maybe you get him, and you're still not a contender. What if you're doing it as like a, trade asset like you're like oh i can get mike davis and trade him versus pieces then you then the price so then that's that's the other part of it is like you only bid um prices that will allow you to keep the player long term or trade for value so if you if you put so much money on this guy like in our league we have we have essentially unlimited salary for developmental squad players so you could get a james robinson and you could put a you know, $10 million bid on James Robinson. You can't keep him at that price because you can't sign him to a contract. And that's 10, that's that 10 million just for everybody. That's right. 40% of your cap. If you in, were in, our league, yeah. in, our, in our league, um, you can't keep him at that price. You can't resign him at that price. And if you try to trade him, no one else is going to give you anything for him. So it's not even, there's no reason to do it. The only reason to, to spend a whole bunch of money on a guy is if you're a contender, we'll get into that later. But so, so if you are building, you only want to bid on guys that you, um, at prices that you can keep that player, um, or you can trade for value to somebody else who wasn't maybe, you know, maybe you're, you think this guy is going to be better. And so maybe you'll overpay for this guy. And, and then later on, you know, the, the, the contender, you're not a contender. The contender's like, boy, I really wish I had James Robinson. Okay. Well, great. Right. Then you can trade him. Uh, and I so for contending teams, it's different. Yeah, yeah. And the first thing is, if you're not if you're building, when you are right pricing players, uh, you're going to miss out on some players. You 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 just you you're, somebody else is going to right price or overpay for a different guy, and you just have to be willing to let that let them walk out the door because it's not going to work for your team in the long term. And there'll be another guy. There'll be the or if they, someone that gets over, overpaid for somebody, uh, they'll be back in free agency in the off season. So right. you'll get another crack at them. Um, if you're a contending team, I personally still like to use these rules, um, but there are a few exceptions. Like the reason why I do this is because I always kind of am trying to add another piece or two uh, every year. I like to have like one or two additional things I get on my team that I'm going to want to keep because invariably some of those guys that you keep are going to either price themselves out contract wise, or they're going to become a bust at some point in time. They're no longer going to be worth the money. Right. Um, so I have an example of this. Okay. We recently had, uh, an owner in our league drop Leonard Fournette. Um, and I think Fournette and I forget who, I don't know if it was Robinson, but it was a player like Robinson that was available that same week. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, no, he cut Fournette to pick up Robinson and somebody else. Okay. So there was, there was a young, uh, promising player that was available the same week as Fournette was. Um, and I guess maybe, mean, oh yeah, the example may not be as strong here now because I can't remember the name, but I we did just use Miles Gaskin. Okay. Uh, I bid way more on Fournette that week, even though I really didn't. I like I I have a good team this you year. Do? I thought <clears throat> I thought Fournette might be, um, you know, a piece I could use this year. I didn't care if I kept him, so I actually bid more on him. I bid less on the guy I really wanted. Right. I ended up not getting. I didn't get either one of you them. But, <laughs> but I used that strategy you're talking about, where I 
I might bid less on a guy I actually like more. Right, and that's in the week that I I, I um, got Gaskin was the same thing. Now I don't know if Miles Gaskin is going to be great or not. I'm not say I'm not the fact that I use him here is not. I'm not endorsing that his long term value, but I but I will say, you know, I put him at a price that okay if he pans out. I asked myself the question: If this pans out, can I sign him? Can I afford to keep him at his contract? And sometimes it's like I don't know if I can afford it, but I'll find a way because if he has value, then I can trade him or I can trade a different player. So um, that's how I generally like to price guys that way. Now, here are the exceptions: If you have one hole to fill, if you only have, if you've got, like, you've got an injury replacement. A great example: CMC goes down. And you, you're the rest of your team. The guy in our league who has CMC has Tyree Kill, has Devontae Adams. He's, he's got a really good team, right? I would put a lot of money on Mike Davis because that he really has one hole, and there's a chance that that is going to be a valuable backup. Um, so in that situation, I basically say price is no object, right? Right. Um, I just bid up to my my cap. Whatever you can afford to do. I mean, if you know you can get them a little cheaper, that's, I mean, do that. But if you're really just truly um, uh, getting a guy, and really mostly this happens for injury replacements where the backup is himself really good. If you've got Zeke and Zeke goes down, knock on wood, you know, you might, you might, you might do that and play that strategy, you know, to get uh, uh, his backup or or Dalvin Cook. Same thing. You're relying on Dalvin Cook and um, Alexander Madison is out there. I don't know why he'd be out there, but let's say he's out there. Um, yeah, you 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 would put in all the rest of your money to get that guy. Um, another uh, con- situation where you wouldn't um, kind of price them to keep is if you're not planning on keeping a guy, if, you, if you're looking just for a depth player. So you you assess your team and you think, okay, well, I've got, I've got really good starters, but I'm, I'm missing something uh, at depth. I could use a guy for a spot start. And then, then if you're a contender, go ahead and spend your money on, you know, Tom Brady or, or Drew Brees or Gronk or one of these old Russell guys. Russell Gage, maybe. Yeah. If you just want to add some depth. But don't, but if you if you if it's a guy that you but if you think okay so Russell Gage is a good example if you think Russell Gage has a future for me I I don't do I don't overpay for that if I believe in the player uh, as potentially a long term valuable asset right. I'm not saying I would feel that way about Russell Gage but but I think that that is that for me is, is this weird phenomenon where you actually end up bidding less on players that you like because you want to be able to keep them long term right. Um, so for me, examples I used for this were those old guys, but also it's just guys that I, I call fungible, which is a word that I use all the time. And I get told by people all the time, like, what is this word? Why do you use it? It just means kind of easily replaceable. You put the fun in, <laughs> I'm sorry. I... <laughs> that is, <laughs> that is so bad. I know. I'm yeah, sorry. That joke is not fungible. My kids are now crying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yeah. So, for example, I, I threw out John Brown, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones. Like, there's, you, there's all these guys that are kind of always on, depending on how deep your rosters are, they're, they're kind of, if, if one of those guys is available on your waiver wire, they're all available on your waiver wire. There's always a guy like that, right? right. And um, so for, for those, uh, go ahead and go for those players. And I usually price those players where I think I'm likely to get them. But also, I don't overbid on them because you want to maintain some flexibility in the future because you never know when a, a big thing's going to hit, and you don't want to be like, I mean, not that you can't cut one of these guys, but you don't want to, you don't want to um, tie up all your money unnecessarily. And then the the last category uh, for exceptions to the general rules, I say, are defensive bids. Right, and this you're not talking DSTs. No, uh, I am talking about when you're playing contact fantasy football <laughs> when you're clearing out the lane so to speak <laughs> you're you're playing and you're you're say your division rival 
has a stacked team. Just lost Saquon, right? Right. You've got no interest in Deion Lewis. He would, he would be your number four running back or Devonta Freeman or whoever. But you just want to deny them the opportunity to get that player unless you really truly think the player is garbage like I feel about Devonta Freeman. But So you look at their roster. Yeah. You, you see at, how much space they have, cap yeah, space, they've and got, then you bid. They've got one quarterback. They're relying. They got, they're all in on a quarterback. That quarterback goes down. You mean, I I might carry five quarterbacks. Yeah, and you bid bid one dollar more than they can bid. <laughs> right. You look at you look at what their max space is, what they can do, and you try to and you try to uh, you try to play some defense. And I think that that is uh, even if you lose out on the strategy, even if they beat you, even if they cut a guy unexpected or have a little more money than expected, you've still forced them to burn their cap space. So sure. it's it's fine. And you can always. Now it depends if you're in a league where you have, by signing a guy you you have to pay them for the rest of the year. Some of these stuff, this stuff changes. Obviously, you got to play a little smarter. But um, but I definitely employ some of these strategies if I'm if I'm trying to make sure that I uh, bring home a title. And we'll hear about it for years. Yeah, yeah, I was t- yeah, I'll tell you the story. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Remember when I did the blanky blank? Um, uh, are you ready to move on to assessing players? Yeah, because for me this is the the the. That's those. That's all strategy. The third thing you got to do is you have to look at the player that you're going to bid on. And we we've talked a little bit about this already in this show, like yeah. in the last couple of sections. But maybe we can go through. Is it just a long term asset or a short term purpose? Uh, are you are you just getting this guy just to, you know, like he, you might do something for you this year, but you're never you're not, you're not planning on him being anything in the future. Right. So maybe some examples right now, like Nick Foles just took over in Chicago. Right. Do you see, you know, you have to say, well. Do, I, do you it, want Do you want Big Dick Nick is what you want to know. Wow. Is that, that's his <laughs> that's nick- a, That's his nickname. Wow. Okay. I don't, you have to ask Mrs. Foles, but <laughs> yeah, that, that is his nickname. I didn't make it up. All right. But you have to ask yourself, do you want him, like, is he going to be the guy in Chicago for the next, you know, four years and I have to bid a certain price on him to keep him or is he just like a solution? Yeah, you're in a super flex league, like a guy who's a starting quarterback in the NFL has got some value, even if it's Chicago Bears. Um, Yeah, from Nick Foles, I would look at that and I would just, I would, I I don't, like I looked, he, he came in, sparked the team. You see that all the time, but we know who Nick Foles is. Right. Like he's, first of all, about half the passes he threw in that game had, there were terrible passes to begin with. He looked awful to begin with. And he, the last, you know, um, the, the game winning plays and whatnot were pretty, pretty amazing. And as a Vikings fan, we've, we've seen that firsthand. Foles does that, have that in his game, but. I like the world and where Nick Foles is a valuable commodity for any kind of long-term thing. Uh, I just, I, I, I don't think that, I just don't think that that exists. I think, I think if you are in a super flex league and you need a guy, then yeah, he, he might be a guy. And yet he's got a super bowl MVP, what ring yep. or belt or <laughs> I don't he, know what they and get. And he got a lot of money from Jacksonville, right? Right. So, um, anybody else that you wanted to bring up in terms of examples or? Well, so so I can uh, contrast Foles with with Mullins in San Francisco. Um, I think that he is a superflex flyer. Uh, so I remember him as a rookie. He ended up having to play due to injuries and whatnot. And um, you know, he he had substantial fantasy numbers for half of his games, uh, and now he's got a couple years under his belt. I remember this because it coincided with Dante Pettis flashing, and I thought that was a thing for a moment. Uh, and ultimately, I mean, I look at that situation. And I don't, I don't believe in J- Jimmy Garoppolo. They they went to the Super Bowl not because of him, but in in basically, um, just you know, in spite of him. And uh, you know, they've if, if Mullins has has an opportunity here, and if he continues to look really good, I. I I can see San Francisco saying, well, you know, we're, we want to win games and, uh, Jimmy G's not doing it. So let's, let's, uh, let's go with a hot hand. I, I don't, I don't think that that's a ridiculous scenario. And because if that were to come to pass, Mullins might have some longer term value Then I would actually spend a little less on Mullins. Gotcha. Let me throw some names at you at certain positions and All just right. let me know. Rapid if- fire. 
Well, sort of. Let me know if either of them or any of them interest you. Just these are sure. players that came up this week. Right. Um, Burkhead, short term, Bur- short short term, yes. Okay, uh, Brian Hill, long term, yes. Okay, uh, so you'd spend more on Burkhead and less on yeah. Brian it, Hill? It's a situation. If right. I'm if I'm a contender, uh, I, Burkhead, Sonny Michelle had a nice game. Burkhead got but three touchdowns, something like that. That kind of things that you're going to see continue to happen. He's a guy that you you might want to spot start, okay. um, but I, I mean I don't have, I don't believe in him as any long term value. Right, we kind of know what he is as well. Yep. All right, uh, receivers Cedric Wilson in Dallas. Uh, no interest. Period. Andy Isabella, Arizona. Uh, maybe some long term value. Week. Yeah, he did, but. It was a couple touchdowns. I, I don't see him. Boy, I really have a hard time seeing the path of relevance for him. Dontrell. Uh, only oh, for, only it would only be a long term play. Okay. Dontrell Inman in Washington. Um I you know, he he's I'm not interested in, but if I'm in a deeper league, um we we have relatively shallow rosters in our team. So if we were in our league, in our league if we were in, in a, a league that had much deeper roster, uh, rosters, I think Inman is an interesting player. Randall Cobb in Houston? I, I have no interest in Randall Cobb. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, and the number one receiver in Philly right now, Greg Ward. Yeah. Um, the, Greg Ward, to me, feels like the wide receiver version of Frank Gore. Like... If you need a, a player to put in because you, you are decimated by injury and you just need to get like six points, he might get you five. It's it's a little <laughs> that old Viking is a Leroy Horde that, that yeah. said if you if you need three yards no, no no if you need two yards I'll get you three. If you need four four yards, I'll get you three. Something like that. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. Uh how about a couple of tight ends? Mo Ali Cox has had a, a good couple of so games. He, yeah, and he's he's young and he's he's got a lot of physical gifts. I, I'm actually intrigued by Mo Ali Cox uh long term. And how about Robert Tanyan? He was getting some targets. He, is this uh, because this he's got more fantasy numbers than Zach Ertz? Oh wow, I didn't know that, but he does. Yeah, depending on your scoring system, I suppose. But yeah. in our league, he actually has a half a point more. So, than... are you going to replace Ertz with Tanyan? <laughs> I will not be. Uh, I, I've never really been a big fan of tight ends in Aaron Rodgers-led offenses. I think that he has demonstrated that for many, many, many years that he is not Brett Favre, and he doesn't actually like that throw that position consistently. So, I have no interest in Robert Tanyan. All right, we're going to move into our fish or cut bait segment here. Again, um, these is that, are... Is that a phrase, by the way? Like, we, we live in Minnesota. That makes this, like, sense to me since birth. But I don't know if... That, does that make sense everywhere? Do people fish everywhere? You know, now that you ask the question, I'm not even sure it makes sense to me. So, um, <laughs> if, I, I know, like, you're either going to fish, but yeah. the cut bait... So, when I think of cutting bait... There's it's, weeds it's, all over the bottom of our lakes up here in Minnesota, or yeah, rocks, yeah. and you get your bait, you get your hook yeah. stuck in in the rocks. So you got to cut weeds. the line. You have to cut the line, so you're cutting your bait off. You right. lo- you lose your bait. Right. But uh, it's a very expensive leech. Yeah. Um, but like, f- you're also fishing if you cut bait. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Oh great! Yeah, now what, are, what are we going to call this now? Oh God, <laughs> we're still going to call it Fisher Cut Bait. We are at least for today. <laughs> um, so anyway, these are players that uh, we were counting on coming into the season. They've let us down so far. Do we cut the line? Do we, yeah, do we cut the line? On do this we guy? leave them laying? And cutting in the, the line could be a couple different things. Could be cutting the player. Could be trading the player. Could yeah. be whatever. Yeah. Should we start with wide receivers? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Um, we actually have a. Over one, a little bit over a handful of wide receivers here. Uh, the first one, I'm going to go in in terms of where they're ranked right now in terms of scoring. Okay. Okay. So the first one, OBJ right now is the wide receiver 38. These are all in half point PPR. Okay. Uh, scoring. So, uh, that, so my numbers are a little different than your numbers because I think you went with half point PPR and I just went with 
standard. So. Okay, gotcha. He's uh, so they'll be maybe a little bit different, but uh, wide receiver thirty-eight. People were expecting that he was going to at least be a top twenty-four, maybe even a top twelve. Not if they listen to our overrated podcast. That's true. That's true. We did warn you about this one. Um, OBJ recently said himself that this is not going to be a huge year for him. Is that a little bit like Gronk saying that he's going to basically be a primarily be a blocker? Yeah, it's very much the same. But as we all know, uh, Cleveland has a really strong running uh, game this year. So OBJ is like, oh, it's fine. That's how we're winning games. So here's here's uh, here's why if you if you've got OBJ, you spent on him. For me, you spent a bunch on him. I feel like um, you know I'm not cutting bait because I think that the running offense for Cleveland is going to come back to the pack a little bit you have to look a little bit at who they've played they've basically exploded in their last two games um and i don't know that that is going to be sustainable we'll talk about that a little bit later on when we talk about um quarterbacks but i think i think that is i i actually think that there's um um that that i think that there, there will pass a little bit more so and obj is i think clearly the guy that baker wants to feature so all right, Julio Jones is currently the wide receiver 50. He has been injured. Uh, but my question right now, I guess, is maybe you sell him high um, or buy him low. Uh, wait, wait, are you selling high or are you buying low? Because well, you always want to sell high and buy low. It depends on if you are the owner or not. But the, yeah. I guess the question is Ridley's going crazy this year. He looks great. Um, Julio is 31. Is this the time... Or maybe it's too late, but is this the time you want to try to sell Julio or maybe pick him up and he's got more left? I, I, I think it's I think both are true. I think that, that for me, I feel like it's going to be uh, his numbers are going to come back a little bit. I, I still This is not an A.J. Green situation where I'm fundamentally questioning whether the guy can still play. Um, so for me, uh, I think Ridley's numbers are going to come back a little bit. I, I think there's going to be some balancing outside of injury situations. So, so, so that's a little bit like, you know, if you have him, I'm probably not going to sell him now, but I would probably wait for him to have a couple good games. And then I'm probably looking to get rid of him. Cause I do think the future is Calvin Ridley. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I, I think I said last show that last episode that Ridley could end up as the number one receiver in Atlanta this year. He could be this year's Chris Godwin. Right. Um, I still think that's a possibility. If I have Jones, and he's likely at a pretty hefty price, I yeah. assume. Um, I probably am. I am probably trying to move him now. Move him before he totally goes off the cliff. If that hasn't happened already. What about the wide receiver fifty-seven, Mr. Hollywood Brown? Yeah, that that one's tough because he's a young guy. You probably uh, spent a pretty high draft pick on him. Uh, it would be really hard to cut bait on a guy like that. But he's currently, you said, the wide receiver fifty-seven. Um, he's averaging uh, about six targets and fifty yards per game right now. Um, and his game totals, the, or I should say, the yardage totals over the three games this season have dropped. Um, he had 101 in the first game, went down to 42 in game two and down to 13, uh, on, was it Monday night? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of uh, the trend it's, he's not trending in the right direction. No. And I'm, I'm out on Hollywood and I was, I was a little soft on him before this year because I don't see the big ceiling in that offense. Cause as you know, I have been a pessimist on, on, uh, Lamar's ability to be a total passer. And for me, the 101 is the aberration and the 13 is the aberration. For me, 42, that's going to be a lot more like what you see uh, week in and week out. And you'll have some weeks where he catches a long one. But I don't, for me, I'm that he still has the name. I think the, the, the value for him, a lot of it is the fact that he's Hollywood, right? You can always sell Hollywood. So. I'm I I would try if you got Hollywood I would I would really be trying to move him. He's a cut bait. He's a cut bait and he's not a cut, but I would I would move him. Uh what do you think about DJ Chark, wide receiver 61? So the more I look at DJ Chark, the more I think he's one of those guys that had half a good year basically, half a good season. Um he's down in what I don't know, 61 would be a number six wide receiver if I'm Something doing my like math that. right. Yeah. Um, so he 
did get hurt uh, or was hurt last week, so he didn't play. But he's only had seven targets on the season so That's far. That's insane. Right, three, in two games. And, honest, and Minshew's actually been pretty good. He's been good. And, and, I, and I see the offense shifting over to Visca. Exactly. So uh, he's a guy definitely I'm cutting bait on. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, near and dear to your hearts, wide receiver 71. Oof, 71, and he's been healthy. Now, the game script for Indy has been very run-heavy. You the play last, the Vikings, that's the way it's going to go. <laughs> the last two <laughs> weeks. Um, but he is only seeing 63% of snaps right now. He's on the field for that. Um, and his targets have, again, trending in the wrong direction. Nine targets in game one, five, and then three. 63%. People need to keep in mind that this is with Paris Campbell injured. Yep. And Michael Pittman got injured, but also very ineffective. So... He is just not on the field enough to be making a difference for your team. And I don't, with his age and his quarterback situation and the fact that they they wanted to run, I, I don't see things changing for him in a significant way. I don't know what you can get for him is the problem. Is you, you may... He's he's one of those guys that may have dropped into the category of, like I talked about your John Browns or a guy that, you know, you can play him, but if you're if you're paying him a, a significant salary, like you might be a guy that it might be time to cut, cut, cut him. And you're you're looking at me because uh, he's on my team. <laughs> no, I'm at looking at you because I'm a, doing a podcast with you. But yeah, <laughs> at a pretty hefty price. Um, yeah, you've got enough depth to, to survive. Uh, last one on wide receivers: AJ Green. Uh, last week he he's first of all he's wide receiver seventy three. Last week. Um, the most wide receiver snaps in Cincinnati went to T. Higgins. Mm. Does this have anything to do with uh, the um, the defense? Uh, I forget the the defender, the the cornerback that was lined up on AJ Green was mm-hmm. like their best player. Yeah, yeah. I mean that happens. I can't think but, of the but that doesn't name. that doesn't change the fact that he had 13 targets and got three catches against Cleveland. I mean, like he does not look right. And um, maybe it's just rust, right? Or maybe it's rust and age and a million other things that happen to guys as they get older in the NFL. Um, I think it depends on how much money you have invested in A.J. Green, whether you can afford to ride it out and see if he pans out. I do like his quarterback. I don't know. I, mean, I know you like his quarterback. Yeah, I do. Looking forward to seeing more Burrow. I, I, the difference between A.J. Green and T.Y. Hilton is I still see – a big upside with AJ Green that I don't see with T.Y. Hilton. That's for me is like if things turn out well for him, it could it still could be really good. And um, I just don't see that ceiling with T.Y. So when you talk about your initials. I, I'm, I'm still higher in AJ than T.Y. Okay. Or and and DJ and then you know DK. I, you know I love DK. So <laughs> stop naming initials. <laughs> Quarterbacks, should we talk about quarterbacks? Yeah. All right. So here's 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 a surprise. Um, I'm not taking a victory lap here because I actually don't like to revel in other players' failures. But Lamar Jackson is a quarterback 12. That's pretty good. It's a QB1. It is QB1, but I guarantee nobody went into the season <laughs> thinking, oh, I'm going to get a borderline QB1, QB2 right. out of Lamar Jackson. Um, I don't know how you feel about him. You and I might still – we've always been a little bit different on this. Um I've I've said before I have concerns about his uh, his one dimensional nature. I think teams are getting a book on him. Um, and uh, last week this was it was a shootout game, right against the Chiefs. Against the Chiefs, and he had a hundred yards passing. Almost, Le- sorry, almost, yeah. <laughs> uh, almost as many rushing yards. And I think that fact they're still scoring points as an offense, but um, but that is that. Long term, that's going to go away, and you know, um, I I have been of the mind that if you can sell Lamar Jackson for a a good price, and I still think you can sell him. For, I wouldn't sell him this week, but um, I still think you can sell him for a big price. Is I don't see the future for him long term. He's I don't see him evolving into what Josh Allen has evolved into, which is also a dynamic passer. Cut bait for I me. Think- I mean. Yes, I, I would I, trade him. Have these all been cut bait so far, Sean? No, no. I think we we've we've uh, kept, kept AJ Green. Maybe I said OBJ. I said keep him. Oh, okay, all right. 
which is funny. But yeah. Okay. Deshaun Watson, QB nineteen. Mm. Yeah, that's tough. You were not you were not uh, buying Deshaun Watson to be the QB nineteen. But here's something to consider. He started the season facing Kansas City, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's a that's a tough. That's tough. It's draw. A, it's almost like the league got, got together. The, you got the vaunted Minnesota Vikings defense. <laughs> well, it's time to get healthy, right? Right. So yeah, Minnesota, and then Jacksonville, Tennessee, Green Bay. And then Tennessee again. So I think uh, Watson's numbers are gonna are gonna pick up. Um, you know, yeah. I think we'll see a, a stronger version of Deshaun Watson going forward. So I'm gonna say fish. For me, I'm keeping him. His numbers are gonna come. I don't think he's gonna be the top three, four, or five quarterback that people were expecting or wanting, because I think lose Nuke it makes a difference. I think Will Fuller has done a pretty good job when he's been on the field, um, but. Um, I, he just doesn't have enough help in that offense. But again, in this in this type of league, you're not just looking at this year. And I, I just I I still believe in the talent of Deshaun Watson. And maybe this isn't the year for him. Uh, maybe you spot start him, but um, but I uh, but I, I would not. I would I would fish. I would fish. All right, Baker Mayfield, quarterback thirty one. Mm. I, I'll tell you, I can tell you what my take is on him. How many teams are in the league? Yeah, there are 32 teams in the league. <laughs> I want to like Baker. I know I, I've said in other episodes of this podcast that Baker's not good at football. I don't actually believe that. Um, I think that he, I think that's an overstatement. I think he is good at football. I don't know if he's going to be a good fantasy quarterback. I think he's, he's uneven with his talent. Right now, they're just not passing the football. Yeah. Why would you pass the football when you don't have to? And I, and for me, the question is: Is that gonna make you know, gonna keep going? Or you, because you're playing, um, you know, bad teams with bad defenses, and when you play better teams with better defenses, you have to pass more. I, I'm I'm gonna pair Baker up with. Um, OBJ and I'm going to say you know I'm willing to ride this out. He's somebody who I think long term like I still think that he the talent is enough there that I would I would I would fish with him. That is so surprising that you're saying that. I I'll get your Baker jersey on on the way here. <laughs> Flip side though, very similar draft capital, very similar stats right now. Sam Darnold, quarterback 33. It's like a, it's like the same thing as Baker, except um, that is just a terrible franchise. Terrible. I, I love New York, but I, so I want to do the whole terrible town, terrible Jersey thing. But you can't. But I can't because I love New York City. But um, but I, they're going to fire Gase this week, I believe, right? On on Friday. Friday after, after the, the Thursday. after they lose to the the injury riddled Broncos. Um, but I don't think it's just Adam Gase. I think that that entire franchise is is really really struggling in all phases of of the the thing and i just i worry that sam Darnold is the next josh rosen is just a guy that Oof. whether he could have been talented or not so mrs Darnold. yeah you'll never find that out because i think that he will just be buried there and they're going to have the number one pick and they're going to get trevor and then then and then so sam Darnold is a guy that if i was banking on him evolving i would he, to me, he's just a guy you could cut him and you could get any other quarterback and have uh, off the waiver wire. You could get a, a Nick Mullins and have just as good of a chance of having a, a viable starting quarterback. So uh, this is I, I'm trying to be consistent, I'm trying to use the logical part of my brain. Right, mm-hmm. I've said I he's just been mismanaged. He's a young guy. Nothing's changed. Right. Right. Um, That's but all true. The point that you just made about the fact they probably are going to have a good shot at Trevor Lawrence um, in the draft, or this one year. of the other guys, or one of the other guys, they got like four guys that are Oof, really high. Yeah, they're going to get one of them. I'm. St- I still have my flag flying for Darnold, and I'd be boy. worried about Daniel Jones too because the Giants are going to be right there with the Jets competing for that, and then the Vikings. There'll be two good quarterbacks, and the Vikings will have the third pick. It. <laughs> It'll be like the Timberwolves all over again. All right, should we talk about running backs? Yeah, we got a few of them. Just a couple. Just a couple. Kenyon Drake, 
running back 24. I was surprised by that because he has been productive uh, pretty much every week. Um, what do you think is going on there? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he is getting he's getting touches. He gets about 20 touches a week. He's averaging Didn't about... Didn't I guarantee that he would be an RB1? You did. I w- can't believe it. There's no way I said that. No, you did. I can find it and insert it. But um, I mean, it's week three. He could he could finish uh, as a top 12 uh, running back. But anyway, he's getting 20 touches a week. He's averaging about 80 total yards a week. Those are not terrible numbers. Um, he's only got one touchdown on the year. Uh, and you think Kyler's doing that to him? Is he is is he getting the goal line looks? I think that could be happening. Um, the concerning thing for me with Drake is he is only getting four point one yards per carry. That's still right average, though. So that's not yeah. that's not below average. It's... I think it is though. Like it's a little. Like I feel like you need to be a little bit over four yards to be. But anyway, he is a little over four yards per carry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still I'm still fishing uh, with Kenyon Drake. Um, yeah, I'm fishing with Kenyon Drake. But I am surprised that he's at RB24. I I don't think he finishes the season at RB24 if he stays healthy. I still. Boy, I might have to walk back the guaranteed RB one, but I still think he'll be about fifteen. I still think that he the numbers one one touchdown is he's not going to finish the year with three touchdowns. Right. No, no. I'm uh, not too concerned about uh, that. Joe Mixon running back thirty eight. How is that possible? I don't even know. Are we fishing or cutting bait? I'm going to fish. I still believe in the talent. Yeah. Um. I. I. Can't. If, you, if if you're a Mixon owner, you're just annoyed. Yeah. Because you're like, I've had this guy. He is the best running back in the league. Every fantasy analyst has told me he's the best running back in the league. I don't know why Donald Trump I is playing I was going to say, football. apparently Mixon's on Donald Trump's <laughs> yeah. uh, fantasy team. But, but, uh, uh, but you're, you're, just, you're saying that, and yet, again, it's another year where he's not going to come out with the numbers that you expected. But, I, again, I still I think that team is on the upswing. So I'm, I'm fishing with him, too. Mark Ingram, running mm-hmm. back 42. Ah. <sighs> I got a I got a cut bait. Um, that's a guy that I believed in. He's on a couple of my teams this year. Um, he's always finished higher than people expected, but it's just not happening in Baltimore this year. I think year. that was a split that you and I had this summer, whereas I think you saw that this was like the last rodeo for for Ingram, and mm-hmm. I was just like I was I, I was a little more frightened. I did not foresee Gus Edwards being as valuable as right. he is. Yeah, he's looking pretty good actually. Um, and I also didn't see that that offense overall was going to struggle kind of from the top down. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you on on Ingram. I I think he's I don't think he's a bad player. I just now he's in a, what I would call a full running back by committee. Every week you don't know who's going to be the guy. So it could be the Rams. You know, it could be you know. Every week could be a different player leading leading the team in rushing. So. Right. All right, we're going to finish up with tight ends. We've got a few of those just real quickly. Let's buzz through those, Sean. Yeah. So Zach Ertz, tight end 17. Yeah, he's got uh, fewer points than Robert Tony. We did say he is playing 91% of snaps, and that percentage is going to go up uh, because Dalt Goddard has a broken ankle. So Wentz is struggling. The line is struggling. Ultimately, I am fishing with Zach Ertz because – those all all that stuff's going to even out. He's going to finish a top five six tight end this year for sure. How about Jared Cook at tight end twenty one? I'm very concerned about Jared Cook. I'll tell you why. Uh, I know he was a little dinged up um, the second half of the game uh, this is past week, but uh, he is thirty third in, in in the league among tight ends and snap percentage. He is playing just over fifty percent, so that doesn't account for that. Um, he is twentieth in targets, so there is some hope. Uh, but this is all with Michael Thomas out. When Michael Thomas comes back. I, I don't see how that increases Jared Cook's numbers. And Jared Cook, if you remember last year, had a really, really, really good season. But it was a freakish season right. in terms of in terms of how productivity per catch and everything like that. That's obviously not happening. So I am out on Jared Cook. That's yeah. That's one of those things like you 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 got to expect. If and we were concerned about. We talked yeah. about the, the, yeah. Yep. Evan Engram is currently the tight end 33. That is amazing to me, and I'll tell you why it's amazing to me. He is number one in the league in snap percentage among tight ends, which means he is playing almost every single snap. He's right. like 93, 94% of snaps. Uh, and he has 20 targets in three games, 20 targets in three games. That is basically three times as many as DJ Chark. Um, so I don't know. For me, uh, I'm concerned because he's playing a lot. 
And if if you're counting on him this year, I'm out. That yeah. team is terrible. The entire offense is struggling. It's going to continue to do so. Last week, they we were wondering who was going to replace Saquon. The answer was that their, their running backs were paced by DeFonta Freeman with uh, five carries for, for 10 yards. And that was the leader, five carries for 10 yards. I think I think uh, Deion Lewis had one carry for like four yards, and then Wayne Gallman, I think, had like four carries for seven yards. It's like, it's like terrible. Um, terrible team. Terrible team. So I, I am I – am, uh, I'm concerned about long term. I am not out on him, but um, boy, if I could find someone to to buy Evan Ingram off of me, I would be happy to do it. Austin Hooper, tight end, forty two. He was the number one tight end last year for a good chunk of the season. <laughs> yeah, uh, now he's on a different team. Yeah. Um, so why would you do play action at the goal line when you literally can just pound the ball and run it? You don't. Maybe down the second half of the year. You're, they're going to see a little bit more uh, usage out of him. At the same time, I don't know, was Njoku coming back at some point in time? So, I mean, are we talking about a situation where it's just going to get worse? I, I'm, I'm out on Austin Hooper. And finally, Rob Gronkowski, tight end 43. He's uh, a good blocking tight yeah, end. Yeah, he's right? playing a lot. He's a good blocking tight end. I am actually not totally out on Rob Gronkowski yet. I am really concerned, though. I, I think uh, he, doesn't, he hasn't looked right visually um this last week he looked better um i think he needs to play himself into shape i think i i've kind of said all season that i think the 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 you're going to find out about rob gronkowski in the second half of the year and i still think okay we're not there yet so it it is what i expected largely um i'm a little more concerned about about how how productive brady's going to be in that offense overall so i'm i'm nervous All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Coming up next week, we have the Pushing Your Chips In episode. So maybe you're 4-0, maybe you're 3-1. Yeah, we covered covered fishing. Now it's going to be gambling, right? Yeah, right. Uh, And you're like, this this is my year. I'm going to go for it. So we're going to be talking about what you should do in that case. How do you you go about assembling the best team possible for uh, your playoff push? We've had some really good conversations on our Facebook group lately. We encourage you to join in. It's called The Steel Pod. And you can also find us on Twitter. I'm at Steel Pod. And I'm at Steel Pod Sean. And until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group. And follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod.